0: Thank you for checking out this resource from Grace Chapel. If you're interested in finding more resources or you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by going to gconline.org forward slash watch. Well, today we're going to take a little time and we're going to talk about the Christmas story. How do you like that? Yeah, that would be wrong of me not to. But as uh, I was thinking about it in preparation for this week, and I was thinking, you know, six days until Christmas. It's hard to believe, less than a week. It's coming. Christmas Eve, right around the corner. But as I was thinking about this, I decided to talk about the Christmas story from a perspective that we could maybe all appreciate. Have you ever faced an interruption in your life? I think we all have, right? Some little ones, some big ones, some that would create maybe some disappointment, and other ones just an annoyance. A few years ago, I had the opportunity, uh, a friend of mine won some tickets to go to the SU game. And I don't know what you think about SU, but hey, I'm a big SU fan, and I love going to the SU. Let me just qualify basketball. Okay, that was, okay, uh, a basketball game. And uh, the, the tickets included having dinner with Julie Beheim and then sitting behind the bench with her and, and all of those uh, people that sit around her, you know, the family, and I'm like, come on, this is gonna be awesome, I can't wait. I was so jacked up, so jacked up. And then I got a phone call. The phone call was about a situation, a ministry situation that I needed to attend to, and I had to call my friend and say, I can't go. And man, that was, that was tough. I was, I was disappointed on one side, but I love what I do, so I was just, you know, it, it was an interruption, and the truth is, that that might be a major interruption. We remember those big moments, but as we navigate through life, we have smaller ones, too, like when we're in the grocery store, right? I'm just going to get some soup <laughs> 45 minutes later. You know, you might have an interruption there. You might have an interruption at your workplace. You might have an interruption at your family, in your family. so. As we look at that, what I wanted to do this morning is talk about that from the vantage point of learning from Mary and Joseph when we face not just interruptions, but what about when God interrupts your life, when God interrupts your life. So if you would, follow along. We're going to look at the Christmas story because I don't know of too many greater interruptions than the interruption to Mary and Joseph. As they were preparing to be married, as any young couple would have dreams about their future, what it might look like, Uh, everyone talks, you know, about what they want to do in life, what what their future is going to hold, how many kids they might have, you know, baby names and all of these type of things. Now, I don't think Mary and Joseph were a whole lot different. And as we engage this story, we learn here in the passage that they had an interruption that turned everything on its head. I want to look at both passages, one that focuses on Mary and then the other one that focuses on Joseph. And the first one is found in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And he says this, and Mary said behold I am your servant I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her Can you imagine that That's your interruption The implications of this interruption are huge but the first thing that I'm thinking is what am I going to tell Joseph So now I want to take you to Matthew chapter 1 because an angel shows up to joseph as well and this is what his interruption looks like so matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 24 says now the birth of jesus christ took place in this way when his mother mary had been betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the holy spirit this interruption for mary this interruption for joseph that would forever change the course of their life and as i thought about this you know sometimes we go through the christmas story and we lose some of the humanity of what's going on in the in in the light of the divinity that's happening right that god divinely is orchestrating something that's incredible it's the redemption of the world that is taking place when jesus comes in and he takes on human flesh But the way it happens is incredible. And so there are four things that I want us to look at today regarding interruptions, when God interrupts our life. And the first one is this, God's plans often look different than ours. God's plans often look different than ours. We have such a limited vantage point in life and I don't know about you, but I have plans in life. I have thoughts about what next week's gonna look like. I have thoughts about, I had thoughts about what this week was gonna look like. And I think we are all surprised. And the truth is, we have plans, we have ideas. And as we do, the one thing that we must keep in mind is that although we may have plans, God also has a plan. As Mary and Joseph were surprised and they were perplexed with what God's plan was here, can you imagine what this interruption must have felt like? And I've heard people say this before. They go, well, you know, if I had an angel come to me, I would listen to, it's cool. If you had an angel come to you and you started telling everybody, some people would want you to go to the loony bin. The truth is, you know, we don't talk like that much anymore. And back then it wasn't just like angels were appearing all over. And so here you have this moment where Mary and Joseph are faced with this interruption that is perplexing, it's surprising, they they have to decide what are we going to do with this God moment. Although we may not have angels speak to us, the truth is God does speak to us, doesn't he? Have you ever had God speak to you through his word and then you were confronted with a situation where you had to go, hmm, am I going to follow this or not? Not only do we not, ha- we, we may not have an angel, but we've had something far greater than any angel. We have the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God. Jesus said this. He said, far greater than my presence with you is going to be the Spirit's presence in you. And as we spoke on the series last spring that, the Spirit inside of you is greater than Jesus beside you. This idea that the Spirit of God indwells the lives of believers in such a way that He guides us and He prompts us and He speaks to us. And the question oftentimes is not, is God speaking? It's, are we listening? I'll tell you how I've functioned many times, and it's not right, but it's, it's the way often it happens, and that is God, these are my plans. I'm going to ask you to come and bless them, that you'll make my plans happen. Any of you identify with that? Man, I've got plans in life. I've got these dreams in life, and God, you have the power to make them come true. Come on, Lord, just bless my plans. And in this passage, again, we see this moment where they had plans too. And this interruption came and they had to determine what are we gonna do with our plans versus this plan? And I think the posture is critical that we come before God and we say, God, it's not that we say we don't have any plans, but is it we're willing to follow your plan? above any of my plans? Am I willing to surrender what my idea for my life is versus what you have made clear to me? If God wanted to interrupt your plans, how would you respond? Listen, concerning your career, your family, your retirement, your schooling, the way you serve, your finances, all of that, If God wanted to interrupt your plans, what would that look like? You're like, I'm all in, or whoo. I don't know, that's concerning my future, concerning my retirement, concerning my vocation. Those are big deals. Mary and Joseph are in the middle of all of that. And God interrupted, and we can learn some things from them That helps us navigate those same truths within our lives. So the second thing is not just God's plans often look different than ours, but God's plans require trust and obedience. We see the response of both Joseph and Mary, and they speak volumes to us. But they speak to what they truly believed. In, in their life, in, in their walk with, with God, they believed that they could trust God in this moment. They believed that they could trust that angel because they loved God, they knew God, and they were following God. And the truth is, when we talk about not just God's plans looking different, but how do we begin to trust those plans when they look different? How do I trust a God to lead me maybe into a different vocation? How do I trust God to uh, provide for me financially? How do I trust God to give me guidance within the context of all my relationships? How do I trust this God who feels often so distant, yet he's so close? How do I trust him? I think one of the ways that we learn here is, First of all, trust is cultivated. It's not something that happens in a vacuum, but it happens as we walk with God. As I said several weeks ago, who are the people you trust the most? Who are the people you trust the most? They're the people that you know the best, right? They're the people that are the closest to you. If some stranger comes up to you and says this, hey man, I think you should change vocations. like, Are you an angel? (laughs) You might do that. You know, like, can you like fly for me or something? Just prove yourself? Or you go, man, you're out of your mind. But if a close friend who's feeling the prompting of the Spirit of God comes up to you and says, I don't know what God's doing. I think maybe you ought to, I I see these gifts and abilities in your life and I, I, I think maybe you should consider Maybe go in a different way, a different route, different vocation. You wouldn't just go, I'm, out, I'm in. You'd go, hmm. I'll think about that because I trust you. And when we come into this time, sometimes we distance ourselves from that reality with God is that we, we just think that somehow it's gonna happen in a vacuum, it's not going to. When God asks you to begin to step out and to trust him in certain areas of your life, then that trust is going to be followed based on your relationship and the depth of that relationship with him. Have you ever had God speak to you about, even financially, I want you to go bless somebody with this amount of money. And I've had that happen. I'm like, well, I could use that money. Lord, you know, there's a couple toys that I would like. And, and the truth is, he goes, no, I want you to trust me. Go, go bless them. And so you follow that up, and you you listen, and you've heard, and now you obey, and you trust God to do in you what he is planning to do. That wasn't my plan. My plan was to use it for this, and God's plan was to release it for something far greater. You see, when we start thinking different like that, then I come to the throne of God, and I can trust him because, listen, all his plans are what? Good. They're right. And when I come before that God, then I can trust him with his plans over my plans i love proverbs 3 5 and 6 where it says this trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight trust in him so god's plans are often they look different than ours god's plans require trust and obedience you know You see, both in Mary's life and in Joseph's life, that they responded in trust. They responded in obedience, and they didn't understand it. People go, Well, I need more details. Listen, if there was anybody that needed more details, they needed more details. And yet, they acted in obedience. And when God makes certain things clear to us, and maybe we say, well, the rest is still unclear. Obey what you know and let God continue to reveal as you go. Obey what you know. Trust what you know. The next thing is, not only God's plans often look different than ours, and God's plans require trust and obedience, but, but listen to this. I want you to hear this sincerely. God's plans often involve challenge. I think sometimes we're at the mindset that the, the, biggest, the biggest challenge is just trusting. The biggest challenge is stepping out there and going, God, I'm, I'm going to start tithing because I know you said that's right. I'm going to trust you in this. And you think that that's going to be the step of obedience and trust that you're going to make, and everything's going to get better the truth is it might be the, the point in time where you are challenged greater than you've ever been challenged before to hold to the very truth that God has called you to. I was thinking about Mary and Joseph and they finally, they, they, they trust God and they say, let it be with you, with me, Father, as you have said. And so l- let me go do this and, and so Joseph obeys and Mary obeys and they begin this journey and what happens, everybody was clapping. Yes, Jesus is coming. We're with you. No, they were, it wasn't like that. There was speculation, misperceptions, all kinds of lies and crazy stuff going around. Then of all things, Mary, being pregnant, has to go by donkey or camel to, to Bethlehem. There, you want a bumpy ride? There's your bumpy ride. And then they get there, and I'm I'm sure there was gonna be this beautiful hotel. There wasn't a beautiful hotel. They had to stay in a stable because there was no place else. But we're giving birth to the Son of God. We're trusting you, Jesus. And all of these challenges continue to rise up. And then ultimately, a a year or two later, King Herod decides he wants to kill all the two-year-olds and under. So the king is out to kill your baby. I don't know, did they face any challenges? And the truth is, when we've got the wrong mindset, oftentimes when we follow Jesus is, if I just, if I trust him and I step out in faith and obedience, it's all gonna be good. No, in many respects, that's when the assault of the evil one may be the greatest. And we have to understand that although it's true that challenges will come, we have to also believe that the greatest response of God will come in the midst of those challenges. But we've gotta get over the idea that if I follow Jesus, he's gonna remove all the challenges. We've got a wrong theology being preached out there. This all this prosperity stuff, it's, it's goofy. To the core. And it's like, if I do this, God's going to do that. Who in the world is king in that? You are. This is all about you from beginning to end. We got to change that narrative. It's all about him from beginning to end. He gives me life. He gives me breath. He gives me a future. He gives me salvation. He gives me all of this. And I deserve to give him my life because he has saved mine. But God, God's plans often involve challenge the last one is this that god's plans not only look different than ours they require trust and obedience they involve challenge but god's plans also bring the greatest blessing you know and after a while you're probably coming here today going wow this is kind of a downer we're talking about christmas and i'm like trust and obey and challenges coming and where's the good news well, the good news is God is always greater than the challenge we will face. Mary and Joseph faced some of the most difficult challenges known to man, and yet God was present and he was powerful in the midst of it to help them navigate every one of those challenges, not just to get them through, and this is what we miss. And My father told me this years ago. He goes, don't just pray to get through something. Let God show himself real in the middle of it. It's how you go through it that matters. And as we navigate life, we understand these challenges because that God's greatest blessings are often in the midst of the greatest challenges. Think of, think of this, I'll go back, think of Noah. You think he had some um, things that he ha- had to respond to what God called him to do and, and trust and obey? he never seen rain. Go build a boat. A big one. And people were like, Noah, you're awesome. No, they were like, Noah, you're out of your mind. And he just was faithful and he believed. And God did what? He was present every day in the midst of it, and he showed himself strong. And Noah received the greatest blessing in the midst of the greatest challenge. You keep going, Abraham. Go offer your son. Abraham, in the middle of trust and obedience, faced the greatest challenge, and God showed himself real and powerful in the midst. No, Abraham, in, the, in this thicket is your sacrifice. Go grab that and place it on the altar. Joseph, follow me, and you know, we can go through. Joseph. Whether you go to Esther, whether you go to the three Hebrew children, whether you go to David or Daniel, whether you go to John or Peter, the apostles, you look at all of them. The greatest stories that you and I tell are not the ones that were absent from the greatest challenge. It was the ones that were present with the greatest challenge because that's where we see the greatest acts of God. Maybe my favorite is the three Hebrew young men who were in the fire. They said, well, listen, we're not gonna serve you no matter what happens. They threw him in the fire. And what does Nebuchadnezzar say? I don't see three in there, I see four. My friend, listen, what we learn from the Christmas story is this, that God's plans are often different than ours that when, when he makes those plans clear, we need to trust him and obey. Follow what he is saying. Expect challenge, but realize in the midst of the challenge, we're gonna experience his presence and his power like maybe we've never experienced it before. I wanna give you four takeaways of just things to consider as we have walked through this today. The first one is that we need to be in tune to the voice of God. What was the last, when was the last time you trusted God with something? I mean, literally think about it. When was the last time that God interrupted your plans and you see, God's fingerprints all over your life. When was the last time? And I'm here to tell you just as a broken man that sometimes it's, it's not because God's not speaking, it's because I'm not listening. I'm in this store and God wants me to minister to somebody to just, not even to say some amazing words, just to listen to love somebody in the midst of maybe a challenging situation. And you know what? I'm more worried about getting home to accomplish my little task in the garage. And you feel this prompting the spirit, just stay present there. Just stay present. I want to interrupt your plans. I know that garage project isn't going to get done. I have a greater project for you. And when we begin to understand the reality of unearthing this in the practical nature of the world we live in, I, I ask you, when was the last time God interrupted your plans? How did you respond to that? You know, and some people might say, well, I don't, I don't even remember him interrupting my plans. Can I say that I've been there? And the one way to change that is the posture in which we take every day, every morning, is I get up and I say, God, I have plans for today, but I submit them to you. As as I go through this day, may I hear the prompting of your spirit, the truth of your word, and may I navigate my life based on that more than my plans. Your plans are the best, so I submit my plans to you, and God, use me today. That posture changes everything. So we need to be in tune to the voice of God, his word, his spirit. We need to put our trust in God's plan over our plan. We must prepare for our plans to be challenged. I've talked to young people and they said, you know, God prompted me to take a stand at school and college around my friends and you think that that's easy? No, it's not easy. And when it happens, it's not like you get a trophy. Sometimes what happens is you, you face some of the most difficult moments that you've experienced as a young person. You want to take a stand? It's hard. If God's prompting you to do something like that. Then you stand in there and you will experience God's presence and his power maybe like never before. But it won't come without challenge. We've got to dismiss this Myth. And we need to experience the blessing of God as we trust. I long for that. I, I, long, I long for moments where I experience the presence and the power of God. And as I look back on my life, the points that I do where that is so real is in the midst of the greatest fires. Is it not? Not. I don't like trials, I don't like testing, I don't like challenges. I like smooth road. I'm in here with me. Give me a smooth highway. And God said, no, I'm gonna take you on the bumpy highway and I'm gonna show you how I can (laughs) off-road. Let let the Christmas story inspire you. Two normal people that God used in a powerful way, just like us. Let God use you in just an equally as powerful way to accomplish his plans, not your plans. Father, this morning, we just take this time and we bow before you. We recognize that you are the creator of this world. You are the one who gives us life and breath. God, you are the one that we ultimately exalt in this place. God, you want us to have plans, but you want us to submit those plans to you. If you wanna change them, God, then you can change them. But as a church, as a community of faith, as a people of God, help us to do this well. May we be inspired this morning as we look at Joseph and Mary and the things that they had to face as they actually fulfilled the plan that you put before them. And God, may that inspire us to also in faith trust you with the plan that you have for us. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.